It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is The Inner Life on Irrelevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. And hi again, everyone. I'm Chuck Naff. Thank you for joining us on The Inner Life, our program about spiritual direction, giving you a little bit of help and hope on your journey of faith every day. Here on Relevant Radio, and today we're going to talk about Advent. Our journey to the celebration of Christmas is underway. How is the trek going so far for you? Is uh, today just a Wednesday in December, or is it a Wednesday in Advent? We are, we are doing our best to focus on the heaven-sent gift we are all going to receive in 23 days. Is the fear of the pandemic or all of that shopping you have to do, or maybe a job issue, blurring your vision and expectations of the Advent season and Christmas? Well, we're going to talk about all of that today, hopefully help you make this the best advent ever. Here to help us on the journey, our spiritual director back with us once again, Father Joseph Johnson. Father Joseph is a priest in the Archdiocese of St. Paul in Minneapolis, pastor of Holy Family Catholic Church in St. Louis Park uh, there in the Archdiocese. Father Joseph Johnson, welcome back. Great to have you on the program today. Thanks, Chuck. Good to be with you. And looking forward to our discussion. Uh, we've been hanging on to the subject of Advent for a couple of days. Looking forward to uh, jumping into that and uh, hopefully, as I said, helping everybody in our listening audience. Let's make this the best Advent ever in spite of uh, everything that's going on in the world today. We'll get our phone lines open here in a few minutes, inviting you in our listening audience to join us. And we hope uh, some of you will say yes to the invitation and be part of the conversation today. But uh, Father Joseph, get us started. Advent and maybe the best basic question is, what does Advent mean? Well, it comes from the Latin. Uh, if we kind of break it apart, uh, we take the A-D off the front of it, and you you uh, have a word, vent, that if you think about it, we talk about venture. We are venturing forth on, a, on an expedition, or you can sometimes in the finance, you talk about venture capital, something that's being risked going forward, breaking new uh, bounds. So you have this sense of, of a going forth, and ad is a Latin uh, preposition, which means towards something. So for us, this means we are going forth towards, and of course, fill in the blank, the Lord, right? So it's Advent is, is about uh, orienting our lives towards the Lord, and it's about Him venturing forth from heaven here to us, you know, and that, that's, that's, of course, the historical reality of what we celebrate at Christmas, uh, the, the birth of the Messiah, that the people of Israel had been waiting and longing uh, for his coming for centuries. And so it's him coming forth from heaven and us coming forth towards the Lord uh, to greet him. Father Joseph Johnson, our spiritual director, let's open our phone lines, inviting you and our listening audience to join us. It's a toll-free phone number into the studio, 888-914-9149. 
And our email address, you can always email us, innerlifeatrelevantradio.com. But as we talk about Advent, uh, what do you do to help prepare yourself for the coming of Jesus uh, during the Advent season? And when have you truly celebrated the Advent season, and how did that impact your faith? And then how's the pandemic impacting this Advent? For you, certainly, if you have any questions, we invite you to join us as well. Again, toll-free number, 888-914-914. Four nine. So, Father Joseph, I wonder when we look at, uh, I mean, everybody agrees 2020 has just been a really different, crazy, um, I mean, I don't, we don't probably have all of the adjectives to describe 2020. But as we look toward the end of the year and um, and the light of Christ, I wonder if we have an opportunity in the light of uh, this pandemic to maybe really do something different uh, during this Advent season. I mean, we're social distancing. We're wearing masks. Uh, some of our churches in uh, parts of the country are still closed. We can't be with maybe our family the way we want to, can't practice our faith the way we want to. But I wonder with all of that going on, where everything is a bit more simple, if maybe this Advent might be one to remember. I think it is, Chuck. I think uh, for all the reasons you've mentioned, I think we're all going to remember 2020 in any number of ways. But it might just be the year where the Lord uh, has given us an opportunity to reclaim the season of Advent. You know, always uh, around this time of year, I try to teach my parishioners, uh, and and uh, I jokingly uh, live up to the the, uh, the nickname of being Father Grinch. You know, because I'm I'm telling them it's not the time for celebration yet. You know, and 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 that this is a season of preparation, uh, and so to to really to see, okay, Lord, you know, you you'd never let evil have the last word. You bring good out of everything. And so out of the disruption of this pandemic, out of uh, all of the, the things that can't go on as usual right now, maybe we can discover a quieter and more prayerful Advent, a time not filled with parties, but instead a time filled with prayer. Uh, I, I think this is our opportunity to, to seize the moment and to, to, to rediscover the beauty of Advent. And then the joy of Christmas is so much the greater. If you prepare for it, then the joy is greater. It's not we lose out on four weeks of parties. It's no, we're going to, to actually rejoice in what matters, uh, which is the gift of salvation. Uh, and that joy can't be eclipsed uh, by by any government regulations or any health precautions or any distancing of one sort or another. Because Advent in the way is celebrating, uh, you know, we're looking forward to this, that Christ has bridged the ultimate distance between God and man, uh, between heaven and earth. That distancing is over in the Incarnation. Uh, and that's what we're looking forward to. But to, to use Advent now, stripped away from, from all of the distractions that, that normally go on, uh, and to, to allow it to focus our minds on this, that, that the ultimate distance uh, is, is this one that, that Christ has bridged. And then to look in our hearts, what distance remains between my heart and Jesus? You know, and of course, sin. You know, whatever. Venial sin, mortal sin. All sin is a distancing from God. Uh, and so, so how can I use this time to say, I don't want to be distant from God. 
you know, we, we make this sort of examination of conscience uh, when we begin Lent, uh, but Advent, you know, as, as the beginning of the Church's new liturgical year, you know, we're used to New Year's resolutions. What are some resolutions that we can make uh, as we start this new liturgical year? How can we use these graces to, to bridge that distance? You know, people sometimes ask me, Chuck, what, what does a good examination of conscience look like? And we have all these that are based on the Ten Commandments, which are wonderful. But sometimes people say, ah, you know, I've done that so many times. I, I need a fresh look. I say, well, you can go through the seven virtues. You can go through the Beatitudes. You know, you can do all sorts of things to examine your conscience. But, but ultimately, what you want to do is you want to look at the person of Jesus Christ because I'm made in his image and likeness. And so anything of my life that doesn't resemble the life of Christ, that's my examination of conscience. That's what needs to change. That's where the distance needs to go away. Uh, and that's where my, my concrete resolutions can be formed. Father Joseph Johnson, our spiritual director on The Inner Life today, talking about Advent. And phone lines are open if you'd like to join us. Toll-free number 888-914-9149. Advent, what are you doing uh, this Advent, especially this Advent, to prepare yourself for the coming of our Lord at Christmas? Again, toll-free if you'd like to join us, 888-914-9149. So, Father Joseph, let's uh, get the phone call started. Let's start with Jonathan listening in Philadelphia. Hi, and welcome. Good to have you on the program today. Hi, thank you. Good afternoon. Um so I just wanted to share, uh, my wife and I, we just got married in June, so this is going to be our first Advent together, and we're trying our best to take it seriously and, and be as prepared as possible. And one of the things we decided to do together was to turn off the TV and put our phones away at 8.30 and do Liturgy of the Hours together. And uh, tonight, after Liturgy, Liturgy of the Hours, we're actually going to be starting a, a big puzzle. So we're actually going to be spending time together that doesn't include any screen time. Um, and we're really hoping that this we can turn this into a habit that will continue after the season of Advent. Um, so just to uh, kind of build a different kind of intimacy together, you know, um, we're both kind of nerdy when it comes to puzzles, and, and building puzzles together for us is, is very special. I just wanted to share that with you guys today. I think that's a wonderful idea. First of all, the abstaining from from screen time is great, especially now that that so many people are are, uh, working from home or distance learning for the students and and the like. Uh, You know, we spend more time on screens when some of us before this pandemic were already saying we were spending too much time on screens. So so to to cut that out and and make time for face-to-face is 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 a great resolution the liturgy of the hours my goodness this is one of the things that we we don't talk about enough the second vatican council had encouraged that the laity take up the liturgy of the hours at least in part this is the prayer of the church uh, so i'm thrilled that you're doing that and and maybe even do it by the light of an advent wreath uh, which is one of the great uh, traditions uh, of this season as well uh, but to have that time to grow together uh, in your first Advent, I'm, I'm thrilled that you're taking it seriously that way. And what I always tell uh, newly uh, engaged or married couples is these beautiful holiday moments that, that revolve so much around family are also times that you need to learn to be flexible. 
because I don't know about you and your wife, but you sometimes talk to couples and, well, my family always opened gifts Christmas Eve. And the other says, oh, no, no, no. Christmas gifts are to be opened Christmas morning, you know, whatever. So the flexibility to try and, and bring from two separate family traditions uh, and create your own uh, this way. Part of it also, I like to encourage people to see a progression through Advent. You know, uh, like we have the four candles, the wreaths, we light one, you know, in successive weeks, uh, and we see that, that light grow. But also through it, maybe at a certain point in Advent, you buy your Christmas tree, but you don't decorate it yet. Then maybe a little bit later, maybe on Gaudete Sunday, you decorate it, but you don't light it. And you then on Christmas Eve, you light it or something like that, you know, to walk through the season with a growing anticipation for the joy that is to come. Uh, but I'm so thrilled that you and your wife are, are uh, allowing yourselves to enter into the season uh, so beautifully. Thank you for sharing yeah. that with us. Yeah, Jonathan, uh, thanks uh, for joining us on the program today. And, uh, you know, he brings up such a good point, too, Father Joseph, in terms of wanting to make this more than just an Advent practice, but really making it part of their life. And I want to talk about this after uh, later in the show about really Advent becoming a lifestyle. Look what can happen when we start to take uh, Advent seriously and then how it impacts our life uh, uh, beyond uh, the Advent season. Right. And and uh, to, to carry that through, that's always what we say about Lent, too, right? It's not about holding your breath on Ash Wednesday and then letting it out on Easter and going back to where you were on Mardi Gras, right? It's, it's about changing. It's about growing. It's about maturing. It's about becoming more Christ-like. And puzzles, you know what? I think there's great uh, spiritual uh, wisdom that can be drawn from, from doing puzzles in a way you, we read the prophecies in Advent of, about the Messiah. Uh, these are all pieces of the puzzle. These are all clues from, mm. from divine revelation about uh, the coming of Jesus, and the people missed it. So sometimes in God's providential plan for us, we have to learn to fit the pieces of the puzzle together to get the picture. Uh, so it's a good reminder to each of us to be attentive to, to the little things the Holy Spirit puts in our path because we can pull those things together and have a sense of what God wants to do with us. Yeah, we have our puzzle all ready to go, actually, so we love to do it as well. Hey, Jonathan, uh, thanks again. Good to have you on the program. We are uh, talking today about Advent, and uh, what do you do to prepare yourself for the coming of Jesus uh, during this Advent season? And then, really, has there been a time when you truly celebrated the Advent season? How did that impact your faith? And then how is the uh, pandemic impacting uh, this Advent for you? Father Joseph Johnson is our spiritual director. If you would like to join us, toll-free number 888-914-9149. Stay with us. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. This is today's Gospel reading from the New American Bible. Matthew, chapter 15, verses 29 through 37. At that time, Jesus walked by the Sea of Galilee, went up on the mountain, and sat down there. Great crowds came to him, having with them the lame, the blind, the deformed, the mute, and many others. They placed them at his feet, and he cured them. The crowds were amazed when they saw the mute speaking, the deformed made whole, the lame walking, 
and the blind able to see, and they glorified the God of Israel. Jesus summoned his disciples and said, My heart is moved with pity for the crowd, for they have been with me now for three days and have nothing to eat. I do not want to send them away hungry for fear they may collapse on the way. The disciples said to him, Where could we ever get enough bread in this deserted place to satisfy such a crowd? Jesus said to them, How many loaves do you have? Seven, they replied, and a few fish. He ordered the crowd to sit down on the ground. Then he took the seven loaves and the fish, gave thanks, broke the loaves, and gave them to the disciples, who in turn gave them to the crowds. They all ate and were satisfied. They picked up the fragments left over, seven baskets full. You can find all the daily readings at relevantradio.com gospel or tap the prayer tab on the Relevant Radio app. The Relevant Radio studio line is sponsored by Catholic Order of Foresters. Information about employment opportunities and their flexible premium life insurance plans available at relevantradio.com forester. If you're looking for a little help on your journey of faith, our priests are here for you. Call now, 1-888-914-9149. That's 1-888-914-9149. Or email us, innerlife at relevantradio.com. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us. I'm Chuck Neff, along with our producer, Nick Schmitz, Jim Schaefer, answering your phone calls. And Father Joseph Johnson, our spiritual director, Father Joseph, pastor of Holy Family Catholic Church in St. Louis Park, Minnesota, that in the Archdiocese of St. Paul in Minneapolis, talking today about uh, the Advent season. Uh, we're in it and uh, talking about what that um, means and uh, how it's impacting our uh, respective uh, journeys of faith. Phone lines are open if you'd like to join us. Toll-free phone number 888-914-9149. Our email address, com. But as you um, think about your Advent journey, what are you doing to prepare yourself for uh, the coming of Jesus on Christmas Day? And when have you truly celebrated the Advent season? And really, did that make an impact on your faith? And is the pandemic having any impact on your Advent? We'd love to hear the story. And again, toll-free if you'd like to join us, 888-914-9149. You can email us as well, innerlife at relevantradio.com. So, Father Joseph, I want to get back to the phones. And Norma, listening in Miami, you're up first, and it's a follow-up to Jonathan's call and about the Liturgy of the Hours. Hi, Norma. Nice to have you on the program today. Hi, thank you. Um, I am um, kind of like, I'm in my 60s, and and. Um, and I just wanted it to know. I wanted it this uh, Advent to be special, to be um, to be different than before. And I thought that maybe uh, it would be a good thing for me to start doing the liturgy of the hours. However, uh, although I've heard about it in the last couple of years, I don't know um, what it is or 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 how it's done. And I would want to know what um, a little bit about it. Okay. Well, we can certainly help you with that. Uh, the, the Liturgy of the Hours is a beautiful 
uh, way of prayer that actually goes back to before the time of Jesus. The chosen people prayed with the Psalms, the 150 Psalms, the Book of Psalms. Uh, that was the, the, the prayer book of the, of the ancient people of Israel. And so the Liturgy of the Hours is basically structured around the praying of the Psalms on a daily basis. So just like we're talking about Advent and the seasons of the year, as they have their kind of flow, so the hours of the day have a flow. The church sanctifies not just the year, the church sanctifies the day. And so there are five basic uh, kind of parts of the liturgy of the hours uh, that, that you would pray each day if you were doing like for, for those who, who are uh, ordained clergy like myself or, or for people who are in religious life, you would do something called the Office of Readings which can be done at any time of day, actually, uh, but it, it's a, it has some psalms and then it has some longer readings, one from the scriptures and one usually come from like the fathers of the church or, or from some great saints' writings. Uh, and then, then there's morning prayer. Well, that's a giveaway as to when you pray that. Then there's daytime prayer, all right? Then there's evening prayer, and then there's night prayer. So one kind of floating hour that often is done at the beginning of the day, but could be done anytime. And then the morning, the daytime, the evening, and the night. Uh, so again, it's a sanctification of the whole day. Now, what's really beautiful to understand is that when I'm praying morning prayer, someone on the other side of the globe is praying night prayer. So if you think about it, there's a constant wave of prayer going throughout the world, being lifted up by, by people. And, and this was what we say, the liturgy of the hours, uh, it's, it's keeping those hours uh, as, as ways of praising God in every hour, in every moment. When St. Paul says, pray always, well, the church does. The church prays always by lifting up uh, the needs of, of the world uh, through, through this beautiful way of sanctifying the day. Now, uh, a person in the world might not have time to pray five times a day. Uh, so what you might want to do is just say, I'm going to pick one hour that I'm going to pray. You know, or you might start with something like, I know many people uh, subscribe to Magnificat, which has the daily readings for the Mass and, and saints' meditations and things like that. It also has shorter versions of morning prayer and evening prayer. So you could use something like that uh, that would have kind of an abbreviated version. Or there are apps that you can get uh, that have for free. Some are paid, some are free, uh, that, that have uh, the, the liturgy of the hours on them. But to just kind of walk you through it that way, pick something that's manageable uh, and just dive in. And if you can do it with family or friends, so much the better because it's a communal thing. And traditionally, the way we pray the Psalms in the Liturgy of the Hours is uh, one side of the room, or, or if there's just two people, one person and the other person, you would alternate. This person would read these couple of lines, then the other person would read the next couple of lines, and you go back and forth and have that call and response to it. Uh, anyway, so it's a beautiful way of entering into the prayer of the church and feeling you're part of the whole universal church praying through this. Yeah, and um, Norma, does that does that help? Yes, but it's not always the same prayer. It 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 uh, it, it changes according to the to the day or the season. 
Yes, indeed. And so there's the, there's the tricky thing. So uh, for for someone that has the the books like me, we have four volumes. Uh, so for different times of the year, two of the volumes cover uh, the many weeks of ordinary time. Uh, one volume covers Advent and and Christmas, and the other volume. Uh, covers Lent and Easter. Uh, so just this past uh, Saturday, I had to put away my ordinary time volume and, and get the, the, the volume number one for the start of the liturgical year, Advent and Christmas. And the joke used to be before the, the Second Vatican Council, uh, because there was a simplification of the liturgy, the hours that happened as part of the re- general kind of reform of the liturgy following the Second Vatican Council. But before the Council, the joke was, it took more time to set the ribbons to find which parts of the, the book you're supposed to be in than to actually pray it. Uh, but it's not that complicated. But there is a four-week cycle of the Psalms, and then there are feast days and things like that. So there are things that you, you, you need to kind of learn how to navigate. Now, if you get the books, there's a little, uh, what they call an ordo, uh, that just means a little kind of key that's published every year that'll tell you, on this day, you're supposed to be on this page. So you have a cheat sheet uh, that you can get to help you through it. Uh, or, again, one of these apps or online things that uh, have it all sorted out for you so you don't need to, to, to figure it out for yourself. So just it depends whether you're like me, a book person, that you want to hold it in your hands and you don't want a screen in front of you, especially if you're in the chapel or something like that. Or if you're a high-tech person, then boom, you don't have to worry about ribbons and which page to be on. It's all set out for you. Yeah, I I, uh, I actually have the four volume set as well, and uh, I had no idea <laughs> how to do this. I ended up buying a book. It was called Liturgy, Liturgy of the Hour f- Hours for Dummies, and it was <laughs> v- was very very helpful in moving all of those ribbons around. But uh, it can get a little complicated. But Norma, check your local Catholic bookstore. Certainly online or is a way to get uh, everything as well. And uh, Father Joseph, we have friends. Uh, uh, I have the four volume set. You do as well. We have friends who actually have one large volume, uh, which seems to take care of their needs. Yes, there there is a one volume that I think what it uh, it's a little bit complicated on the office of readings. But if you're not doing that longer office of readings, the one volume is a is a good option. And if you're familiar with the spiritual writer Father Timothy Gallagher, who's written many things on Ignatian spirituality, but he actually has also written a book on the liturgy of the hours, not so much a how to. It's, it's more uh, about the rich spirituality of the Liturgy of the Hours. So if you want to really delve into the, the Liturgy of the Hours, I would recommend Father Timothy Gallagher's book on the Liturgy of the Hours to kind of get you into the meat of, of what it's all about. Yeah, yeah. Father Tim Gallagher, one of our contributors here on The Inner Life, actually. So, yeah, he's a great resource as well. A lot of great resources out there to help us on our um, on our prayer Prayer journey, and it's all, it's all about prayer. But hey, Norma, thanks uh, for the call. Hope that proved to be helpful to you. If you are just joining us, uh, Father Joseph Johnson is our spiritual director. This is The Inner Life, our program on spiritual direction here on Relevant Radio. Talking today about the season of Advent. Phone lines are open if you'd like to join us. What are you doing, especially in uh, this um, pandemic environment, to prepare yourself for Advent and prepare yourself for the coming of our Lord Jesus? Toll free. If you'd like to join us, 888-914-9149, our email address, innerlife at relevantradio.com. So, Father Joseph, I'd like to talk a little bit about Father Alfred Delp, D-E-L-P. And it was a couple of years ago, one of our listeners, I had never heard of this uh, Jesuit priest, 
and uh, really uh, put me on to him. I believe his name was Tony. Tony, if you're listening, I believe, uh, thank you. If I miss, uh, if I don't have your name right, forgive me for that. But uh, Father Delp uh, was a Jesuit priest who lived uh, in Nazi Germany, and he was actually hanged uh, in prison um, in on the Feast of the Presentation, February 2nd of 1945, just a few months before the war ended. And he wrote a lot on Advent, and um, some of his uh, final uh, reflections were written uh, in handcuffs while he was in prison waiting uh, to uh, be executed. And uh, the story is that he wrote them in handcuffs, and then they, the reflections were smuggled out. And uh, I've just um, fallen in love with this book, and his reflections are just really, really incredible. And again, Father Alfred Delp, and um, a Jesuit priest who uh, was a priest uh, in Nazi Germany, he talked, uh, Father Joseph, about Advent being a way of life. And he said, uh, this is just a few of his reflections, he says, Advent calls us to an encounter with God. And I was thinking, as I've been meditating the last couple of days on on what he's had to say in Advent, uh, and I've been trying to put myself back um, 2,000 years ago, when maybe as a faithful Jew, expecting and waiting for the coming of the Messiah, who the prophets had told us was coming, and uh, he talks about um, that when we realize that and believe that, we are shaken awake. And then we are called to integrity and authenticity. And living that life of integrity and one that's authentic, we then confess and proclaim our faith and we respond to God, to God with reverent awe. And just thinking about that, Jesus is coming. We're celebrating that in 23 days. And the reverent awe of for God in what the, the gift, the gift that he is giving to us and has given to us in the birth of his son uh, for all of us. And I'm just so taken with what Father Delp has to say about the, this really calling us to an encounter with God and really becoming a way of life beyond Advent and beyond the Christmas season. Well, I think it is a beautiful way of, of looking at life, you know, this this encounter with the Lord uh, and, and you know, Advent, like Lent, stripping away things, and it's a hard reset. It's the beginning of the Church's new liturgical year, so, so we've kind of been going through things, and boom, all of a sudden we have to, wait, wait, start over. Uh, it gives us that, that breaking out of complacency that, that sometimes we put our spiritual lives on cruise control, uh, and here we come back and, and start over and come towards the Lord. Uh, so I, I'm just very moved by that image of, of Father Delp, uh, you know, in, in handcuffs writing these meditations. I don't know if, if Father Delp was uh, at Dachau, uh, the, the concentration camp right outside of Munich, but as you were describing this, that's where I was bringing myself back to. I, I've been to pray at Dachau. Uh, there was a whole barracks that was called the priest's barracks. Uh, and they shoved in all of these priests uh, that they had arrested. And, and I've prayed there. And, and to think about all the, the, the men that their priesthood couldn't be out ministering to their flock anymore. 
they were, Archbishop Sheen used to always say priest and victim, right? So they were living more that victim aspect of their priesthood uh, as, a, as a living holocaust there in the, in the barracks of the concentration camp. But to, to have that sense of Father Delp handing on to us that longing for the Lord, Right. And, and that's with this pandemic, too. You know, part of the good that God can bring out of all of this, you all of a sudden look at life differently when death uh, pokes its head on the horizon. Right. Whether that's death at the end of a, of a, of a Nazi you know, imprisonment or that's death at the end of a pandemic or, or whatever it is, death is a fact of life. And it helps us sometimes to soberly reflect on on how have I ordered my life? Am I living by the priorities that I say that I have? These are the things I claim as my principles. Does my life look like that? Uh, you know, and, and Father Delp can help us uh, to, to try and orient our lives towards the Lord that way. Yeah, he was in Tegel Prison, uh, T-E-G-E-L, which was apparently in Berlin. But let me just share a little bit, because I think this speaks to all of us, uh, uh, even today. So this is a reflection from Father Alfred Delp. Now realize, this is written during Advent in 1944. He's in handcuffs, he's in prison, writing uh, these reflections, uh, which were later smuggled out, and he will die uh, in uh, on February 2nd, in about two months. This is what he says about Advent. Oh, if people know nothing about the message of Advent and the promises anymore, if they only experience the four walls and the prison windows of their gray days, and no longer perceive the quiet footsteps of the announcing angels, if the angels' murmured word does not simultaneously shake us to the depths and lift up our souls, then it is over for us. Then we are living wasted time, and we are dead long before they do anything to us. And I'm just so taken with that. He talks about the four walls and the prison windows of their gray days. I've come to realize, I think, uh, Father Joseph, all of us in some way have our own prison cells. We all have those four walls surrounding us that uh, make our days gray, where we can't get out of it and we don't know what to do with it. But to his point, sometimes we are just living wasted time. And Advent, to his point, is calling us to much, much more. Well, and if you want to think about it this way, I think most of us have a completely wrong, hundred degree, 180 degrees off understanding of the commandments that we see the commandments as fences that trap us in. You, you have to do this, you can't do that, whatever. But I think from Father Delp, what you, what you begin to see is we're free in the life of grace. And, and the commandments aren't a, uh, an imprisonment to us. They're guardrails on the road. I can keep on this great adventure as long as I keep on the road. Uh, if I go off the side of the cliff, my, I, I'm, I'm lost. And that's where St. Paul comes in and, and talks about this. And I'm sure that's what Father Delp had in his mind also was St. Paul talking about the slavery of sin. You know, I have freedom now. I can, I can choose something virtuous or I can choose something sinful. But as soon as I choose something sinful, if I choose a mortal sin, then I'm stuck. I'm imprisoned. Uh, I can't get back to grace unless Christ comes to rescue me. 
you know, and and that's I think the reality that Saint Paul was trying to get at with the slavery of sin. And anyone who's ever been stuck in an addiction, boy, oh boy, don't you know that that this is slavery? You know, uh, whatever it is, there's not there's not freedom. Uh, there's this sense of imprisonment. But even without an addiction, that sense, as you were saying, that, that we all have uh, our our sense of, of being defined within limits, but Christ breaks those limits. Christ transcends the horizon. You know, he like I said, he bridges heaven and earth, and he comes to bridge that chasm from grace to sin, to reach and grab the sinner and pull us out of sin and restore us to life. Yeah. Father Joseph Johnson, our spiritual director, talking today about Advent. Phone lines are open if you'd like to join us. Toll-free phone number 888-914-9149. What are you doing to prepare yourself for the coming of um, Jesus during Advent? And uh, how is the pandemic impacting this Advent for you? Again, toll-free if you'd like to join us, 888-914-9149. Stay with us. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. The Relevant Radio Studio Line is sponsored by Catholic Order of Foresters. Information about employment opportunities and their flexible premium life insurance plans available at RelevantRadio.com slash Forrester. Welcome back to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Inner Life Show or email us Inner Life at RelevantRadio.com. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. And welcome back. Thanks for joining us on the program today. Father Joseph Johnson, our spiritual director on The Inner Life. Father Joseph, a priest in the Archdiocese of St. Paul in Minneapolis and pastor of Holy Family Catholic Church, that in St. Louis Park. Talking about Advent today on this uh, Wednesday of the first week in Advent. A uh, little bit of time left. Uh, Advent for you this year. What's that going to be like? Uh, different, I suspect. But uh, what are you doing to make uh, Advent uh, a special time uh, in your journey of faith this year? Again, toll free if you'd like to join us. 888-914-9149. So if, let me do one more. Let me just mention, we were talking about Father Alfred Delp. And if you're just joining us, this is a Jesuit priest who lived uh, in uh, Nazi Germany and uh, was hanged on the Feast of the Presentation, uh, February 2nd of 1945, wrote extensively about Advent, really telling all of us, challenging all of us to make Advent a way of life. And um, Father Joseph, one of the things that he talked about, certainly in our challenge to be a light to the world, he one of his uh, great homilies and great reflections was on candles. And he talks about candles and in our uh, call to be a light to the world that in the end the candle will eventually spend itself completely and go out and his words are uh, we are to be a light a candle and giving up of its substance so taken with that. Every time I see a candle now, I recognize that that's really, it's going to go out. If we let it burn all the way down, it is going to give everything and go out. And we're really called to give everything as well if we're going to really follow our Lord Jesus. I think that's so beautiful. And 
and in that homily, as you've described it, you know, we can think about Advent because Advent, you know, the Advent wreath, we've got the candles. And, and I love uh, to see the candles burn down, the first one most of all, then they like, start the second one, and the, you know, but they're all being consumed by that fire. And you think about that, uh, you know, it's sort of like St. John the Baptist when he says, I must decrease he must increase. You know, so that candle is, is decreasing, but it puts out all of this light, you know, and, and the more it has decreased means it has burned longer. It has shed more light. And so that's for our lives as well, that, that Christ shines through us. And I was just struck when you told me that he died, Father Delp died on the Feast of the Presentation, because, of course, the nickname for that day is candle mass, the mass of the candles. And that is the, the traditional conclusion of Christmas celebrations. You know that that uh, if you want to really do Advent with this progression of things, you, you don't turn on all those lights on the tree, you don't turn on all those lights on the house, you, you let things build slowly towards Christmas, and then you shock everyone because on December 26th, when everybody else shuts their lights off, when they take down their decorations, you say, no, no, we're just starting, you know, and we're going to keep our decorations and our celebrations through the 12 days of Christmas and all that. But then even all the way to February 2nd, we're going to keep the nativity scene in our homes because on presentation on February 2nd, we talk about that. We talk about how... Forty days ago, we celebrated Christmas, and it's that culmination of it. But it's also the day when we remember Simeon in the temple said, Now, Lord, you may let your servant go in peace, which is the prayer, talk, go back to the Liturgy of the Hours, that we do every, every day at nighttime prayer, at night prayer, we do that canticle of Simeon, Now, Lord, you may let your servant go in peace. And it was on that day that Father Delp got to go in peace. And it's also the day the church honors consecrated life. It's world day for, for consecrated life because those who are living those vows are those lights of Christ in the world. So what a beautiful way that God's providence guided uh, the, the death of Father Delp to be at that culmination of everything he'd been talking about with Advent and, and uh, the light of Christ coming into the world. Yeah. Well, we've been talking about it. Let me just uh, be sure everybody's clear if you're interested. It's uh, Alfred Delp, D-E-L-P, Father Alfred Delp, a Jesuit priest. Uh, the book is called Advent of the Heart, Seasonal Sermons and Prison Writings, uh, from 1941 to 1944, and this is available through Ignatius. But um, Advent of the Heart. I know for me, uh, this Advent, and the last couple of Advents uh, in particular, but this is going to be my uh, traveling companion, so to speak, during the, the season of Advent. I'm just, I, and again, I don't know quite why I've been so attracted to uh, this priest, uh, martyr, but um, it's... Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if he found me or I found him, but uh, it's uh, it's been, <laughs> Sometimes been a the great journey. Pick us. Yeah. yeah, I know. Now, is, he, is he beatified yet, or a servant of God? No, I, you know, I really don't know. I don't think so. I, th- I don't think okay. so. But hang, hanged in prison for being a Catholic priest in Nazi Germany, you would think uh, he's on the way. But um, yeah, it was an amazing, amazing story. Just amazing insights, and I'm so. Um, 
pleased to be able to talk about that today as we talk about Advent. Just a, a few minutes left in the hour, uh, Father Joseph, and um, talk a little bit, if you would, about the coming of Christ. We were talking earlier before we went on the show today about the three comings of Christ. We know of the two, uh, the birth and then when he comes again, but talk about these three comings of Christ. So we can we can use a shorthand to remember it. History, mystery, and majesty. All right? So history, obviously, that's the incarnation is an absolute historical fact. Jesus was a real person who lived in a particular place at a particular time. This is not a fable, not a fairy tale, right? Uh, so the, the coming of Jesus in history, and that's, of course, what we're going to celebrate at Christmas. Majesty, that looking towards Christ coming as, as the king, as the judge. We just celebrate that with the solemnity of Christ the king. So this middle one, mystery. Well, the word sacrament means mystery, right? So, so Christ comes to us at, at the beginning in Bethlehem. He'll come to us at the end of the world as king. But he comes to us right now, anytime we pray. And especially through the sacraments of the church, and especially the Holy Eucharist, because the Holy Eucharist, my dear brothers and sisters, never forget the reason we genuflect before the Holy Eucharist is the Holy Eucharist is the continuance of the Incarnation. Jesus present in our midst, Emmanuel, God with us, right here in the Holy Eucharist. And so so that's when we talk about the comings of Christ, not just to look to the past and the future, but right here, right now, Christ with us in the Holy Eucharist, but also he reaches out to us in all of the sacraments, and any time we make space to stop in our busy lives and, and open our hearts to pray. And then, Father Joseph, talk a little bit more about the Eucharist. Certainly, going to Mass, um, again, I don't, I, I know it's still in California, you know, churches are closed, uh, great uproar over that. But for somebody who maybe physically can't go because they won't open the churches and wherever they may be, but somebody who maybe is afraid to go, obviously the Eucharist may be taking on a different uh, sort of um, meaning or have a different kind of impact this year because of, of us being unable to, to uh, participate in the Mass. To somebody who's maybe struggling with that, what might you say to them about the Eucharist and certainly in this Advent season? Well, I'd say for those, first of all, who, who can't get to Mass uh, or, or it's not prudent to get to Mass because they're in a high-risk category or what have you, I would say this, let, Advent is all about the longing of our heart the longing of the people of Israel for the coming of the promised Messiah, the longing of our hearts uh, for God, that our hearts are restless until they rest in, in Him, as St. Augustine said. So let this, this time away from the Eucharist be a time to, to sharpen your longing and, and offer up the pain of being separated from the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. Offer that for all the people who have received Holy Communion negligently. You know, who who go through the motions, who show up, but but just it's it's something superficial and and doesn't have with it that heartfelt devotion that this is Jesus Himself giving him giving himself to me in love. So and then of course offer a, a spiritual communion. Jesus is going to come to you, even if you can't come to Him, right? And I, I tell people that. 
especially now I tried to go and visit a young man who was in a and had a terrible accident uh you you pray for Simon who fractured his skull uh, is in the hospital and the hospital wouldn't let me in you know because they're they're afraid of the spread of the coronavirus so so I can't get in to see him but I always tell families when they're in this situation the risen Lord Jesus walked through locked doors right so even if I can't get to them as a priest, if you can't get to Jesus in, in your parish, he walks through locked doors and he's going to come to you if you ask him to. Just open your heart and welcome him, right? And for the people that are struggling with the sense of the Eucharist, this is again those pieces of the puzzle we were talking about. You know, the prophecies and all of this. Look at this, that Bethlehem literally means house of bread, do you understand that? The, the town where Jesus was born means house of bread. And he was laid not in a crib. Where was he laid? In a manger. And manger is the French word for manger, to eat. All right? So think about it this way. It's a feeding trough for animals. So the baby Jesus is born in the house of bread and put on a plate, if you want to put it frankly. You know? So right there we see the Eucharist right in this mystery of Christmas, and that's what we can focus on always, Jesus' presence in our midst. Father Joseph Johnson, our spiritual director. We have to wrap things up, and fathers, you know we'd like to close the hour with a final blessing for all of these good listeners. With our hearts longing for the coming of Jesus, we entrust ourselves to Our Lady to help us prepare room for Him in our hearts and our lives, and through her intercession, may Almighty God bless you and all the listeners the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father Joseph Johnson, always a gift to have you on the program. Thanks for joining us today. We'll see you next time on The Inner Life, and happy Advent to you and to everybody listening today. We hope uh, this uh, helped in some way. Stay tuned. Celebrating Mass next, and we're back tomorrow. Hope to see you then.